So this morning's scripture comes from the Sermon on the Mount. And we've spent just a few weeks here and there studying the Sermon on the Mount. And in this teaching of Jesus, he's talking to his disciples and the crowds about what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. Now, in the kingdom of God, everything that we think we know about the world gets flipped on its head. Happiness isn't about having what we want. It's about knowing that we are loved and created by God. Peace isn't dependent upon a situation or whether or not everything seems to be going our way. Peace comes from knowing that God, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, will be with us and will never leave us. And greatness in the kingdom of God, it's not about getting ahead of other people or being in first place. It's about serving others and gladly taking the last place. This sometimes seems like a strange kingdom to us. Now, in his teachings on the kingdom, when we come to Matthew 6, 19 through 23, Jesus talks about one of his most favorite subjects and one of my least favorite subjects. He talks about money and wealth. Now, through the sermons that I've heard on this passage, I've heard pastors rattle off the number of times Jesus talks about wealth with his disciples, and it's usually like some shockingly big number. And I think, yeah, right. I don't know exactly how many times Jesus actually does teach about money, but what I do know is that I read the as I read the Gospels, I see that Jesus talks a lot more about money and wealth than we do. The fact that we don't like to talk about money, that it's this huge taboo in the church, and even a huge taboo among us as friends, that's exactly why we need to hear what Jesus says about it. You see, the things we don't like to talk about with each other, whether it's here in the church or whether it's in our private lives, those are the things with the most power to keep us from receiving God's grace and from living in the kingdom of God here and now. So I invite you to look again at the scripture with me in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and vermin destroy and where the thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. <coughs> the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I remember the very first time I read this passage and how confusing it was to me. Jesus talks about wealth and where our treasure is, then he talks about our eyes, and then he talks about who we serve. I found breaking this passage down to be really helpful, so that's what we're going to do today. So 
think of when you hear the word treasure? I usually think of something like this. Mermaid-style shells, all the jewels, the gold coins. Looks like something a pirate would love to have. Okay, that's not usually what I think of. I usually think of this. <laughs> this is a statue of one Mr. Walt Disney and his most lovable creation, Mickey Mouse, standing in front of Cinderella Castle in Orlando, Florida's Magic Kingdom. My family and I have vacationed here so many times now I've lost count, and I love to go here because when I go to Disney World with my family, everything else is left behind, and we are whisked away to this magical place where the news doesn't exist, where I don't have to worry about work, and where we can just have a great time with each other. But in this passage, Jesus isn't talking about pirate gold or silver or shell um, he's or vacation. He's talking about all the little things that make us wealthy. Our clothing and our cash, our possessions and our pocket change. Now, treasure may seem like exactly what we need. Amen? Okay, I'm the only sinner here. That's good. I'm glad. I'll just preach to myself the rest of the time. That's great. Um, treasure, though, does nothing for us in the kingdom of God. So I've talked about it a little bit before, but last year I had the opportunity to go to Cuba. Now, Cuba is a very poor nation, but it's not poor like you think of other nations in the global south. In Cuba, most everyone has just enough to get by on. They have shelter, although it may not be the greatest. They have food, although it's a lot of rice and a lot of beans. But they have just enough, and everyone there, unless you work for the government, is pretty much equally poor. But what I experienced in Cuba and in the hearts of the Cuban people were amazing generosity joyful lives. They live a faith in a living God who speaks to them, who heals them, and who transforms their lives, and they are not afraid to share it. Brothers and sisters, that is wealth in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and having seen that, I am all in. Now our worldly treasures they can quickly become a curse. Money is a huge source of anxiety for many people. I've been there. We probably all have at some level. We look at our bank account and we wonder, do I have enough? For some of us, when we look at our account, the question is, how are all of these bills going to get paid? What happens when my child answers the phone and it's collections call? How can we make our money stretched this week so that we don't miss any meals? For others of us, when we look at our accounts, we wonder, how am I going to get out from under the debt I've taken on? The bills keep piling up, and it's becoming harder and harder to make them. We lie awake at night, and we worry about what we need to give up so that we don't fall behind. Now, some of us do have enough to not only get what we need, but to buy things we want. 
Even then, there are questions that linger about how we spend our money. How do other people see me? Do I look all right? Will people think I have it all together? What are the neighbors going to think if I don't hire the landscaper that I brought in last year? Will they be disappointed? Our understanding of what treasure is and how to use it is so important that in the next part of this passage, Jesus compares it to how our eyes work. When our eyes are healthy, we can see pretty much everything clearly. When our eyes aren't healthy, all of our vision is impacted. Now, sometimes translating the original Greek of the, Old, or the New Testament into modern English can be tricky. And that's the case for today. The scripture says the eye, of the, lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of life. Healthy here isn't just physical health. This health includes a sense of overabundance. It's a generosity. You are so healthy that you have more than enough to give to others. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And this sense of unhealthiness carries with it not just stinginess, but the fact that you have so little, or maybe you have so much that you don't want to share, that you hold on tightly to it, and that you don't see the need around you. When we have a proper perspective on wealth, that there's enough for everyone, and that if we use our treasure wisely, and the money that we have, because the money that we have is God's anyway, our lives will be in order, and we become a light to the world. But, when we do not have a proper perspective of wealth, when we refuse to go to the places where the poor are, when we don't see the needs of our neighbors, and we don't allow God to work through us to meet those needs, then our hearts become clouded. And it clouds our entire understanding of who God is and what God has called us to do, to love mercy, to do justice, and to walk humbly as we follow Jesus. When we don't use our wealth the way we should, when our wealth starts to bring us anxiety, or when we begin to consider what we've earned as ours instead of a gift from God, it's Danger Will Robinson. Okay, I'm the only person that's seen that to me. No, no. Okay, good, okay. Danger Will Robinson. The things that make us the most anxious, the things that we think about the most, the things that we value, those things can quickly become the center of our lives, whether we want them to, whether we mean for them to, or not. And this is not how it should be. In fact, Jesus says that it cannot be this way. Everything, our family, our education, our job, our wealth, anything that is a source of overwhelming anxiety or of pride, can become the focus of our lives. And when this happens, God here calls us to make a choice. We can continue to focus on those things, to live with our anxiety, or we can refocus our vision.
and we can look solely to God. Serving God above everything else isn't just the right thing to do in life. It's the best possible thing that we could ever do in life. You see, God loves us more than we can possibly imagine. Our Father knows everything about us, even that thing that you'd never tell anyone else. <coughs> and He still loves us. He still thinks we're worth dying for. Now, God does deserve to be in charge of our, our lives. But more than that, God desires to be included in every part of our life, especially the parts that we hide. Whether it's money, problems in our family, problems within our relationship, God knows our problems already. And he doesn't want us to hide them from him or from those around us who he can work through to care for us. God is love. The love between God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit existed before we were created. It exists now. It will exist for eternity. And we are invited into this love through Christ Jesus, God the Son. And this perfect love, a love that's eternal, a love that longs to be shared, and a love that is for us in spite of everything, this love cast out all fear. Responding to this love and refusing to allow anything, including our wealth, or anyone other than God to be the center of our lives isn't easy. I look at this teaching and wonder how many times I have put my own possessions and wealth above my love for Christ. but putting God back into the center is always worth it. When we move wealth off the throne of our lives and invite God to reign there again, we might lose our pride, we might lose our self-sufficiency, and we're going to lose control over our lives. But what we gain, life in the kingdom of God, the opportunity to bless our neighbors, the opportunity to know that we are loved, and that God loves our brothers and sisters and families and friends around us. That is so much better than anything we would have lost. Trinity, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today about whether you serve your money, or maybe you worry too much about your money, or whether you are choosing to serve God, or if the Spirit is urging you to stop keeping those struggles that you have a secret from God and from the people around you who love you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that act of grace in your life. Here in our church, we believe that we grow into fearless, selfless disciples of Jesus as we experience and respond to God's grace in our lives. We do that through baptism. We do that through communion. We do that every time we gather to sing or pray. We also do that when we gather together in small discipleship groups. Our discipleship groups, groups give us a place to share our struggles and to love one another. So everyone look at the pew in front of you. Don't look
look at the pew in front of you, you'll see white cards there. These are cards to sign up for a discipleship group. If you struggle, like I do, to keep God at the center of your life, and if you want to continually ex to experience his grace, I invite you to fill out one of these cards this morning and bring it up during our closing song. My brothers and sisters, God loves you and wants to rescue you from the fear, anxiety, selfishness, and every other thing attached to wealth and any other possession you can worry about in this life. So I invite you now to rise in body and spirit, to join us in our last song, and to respond to God's grace today.